Welcome to Behavior Babes podcast presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Every behavior analyst who is credentialed by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board must complete continuing education credits in order to maintain their credential, to maintain active status. And in the states, the 30 states that currently regulate the practice of behavior analysis, they also require the continuing education or have the continuing education requirement, um, typically as part of the licensure requirement in the state. Now, this is not unique to the profession of behavior analysis or for behavior analysts. There are many other professions that require continuing education professions, such as licensed psychology, licensed social worker, marriage and family therapist, and other related medical and educational health fields. But for individuals who are credentialed by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board as a BCABA, which stands for Board Certified Assistant Behavior Analyst, as a BCBA, which stands for Board Certified Behavior Analyst, or as a BCBAD, which is a Board Certified Behavior Analyst with a doctoral designation, in order to maintain the certification, you must keep uh, up to date with continuing education requirements. And there are seven different types of categories for continuing education um, that are offered by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board as of right now, as of today. So behavior analysts must, in order to maintain their certification, complete all maintenance requirements every other year. So it's a two-year certification cycle. That is a change from what was originally established, which was a three-year cycle. And the reason why that change occurred, if I'm correct, or if I believe uh, my information is correct, was to really mimic or model more of the licensure windows that are happening in many states, which are taking on additional um, consumer protection uh, you know, rights, or they're trying to offer additional consumer protection and have that additional regulation. And often with licensure, you have a two-year cycle. Individuals who are looking to maintain their certification from the Behavior Analyst Certification Board must complete ongoing continuing education requirements. And that right now on that two-year cycle, um, BCBAs and BCBADs are required to complete recertification um, for 32 units of acceptable continuing education and at least four hours must now cover ethics. Again, that's another place where we've seen an evolution Um, Originally, when certification was offered by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board, there was not a requirement for maintaining separate hours in ethics or supervision, and those requirements do exist now. And originally, when they did offer the or first um, make the requirement for the ethics and the supervision, it was three hours for ethics, and it is now increased to four hours. Those who wish to supervise and individuals who are pursuing BACB certification or those who are supervising any ongoing practices of BCABAC, Assistant Behavior Analyst, they will need to obtain three hours of supervision in every continuing education um, certification cycle, but that's after they have completed the initial eight-hour course. So you're going to want to make sure that you stay up to date, that you get this information by going directly to the source, and you can bookmark the main page for the Behavior Analyst Certification Board, which is www.bacb.com. This podcast and this podcast episode is going to heavily reference information that is publicly available at this website, 
but there is no affiliation and this podcast or the information on this podcast is not endorsed by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. There are options, as I mentioned, seven different types of continuing education um, that are available, different categories, and those include type one, which is a college or university coursework. So if you are enrolled in a program, let's say you have your master's and you've obtained your BCBA credential, and then you are pursuing your doctorate or maybe an additional education specialist degree, that college or university coursework, if it's specific to behavior analysis, would count for 50 minutes of instruction, would count for one CE. So you can imagine a 60 credit, or excuse me, a three credit course with maybe 60 hours in a semester or a four hour course, depending on your university. That is a great way where you can be getting some continuing education units. The second category are any CEs that are issued by what they considered authorized continuing education or ACE providers. Those are accredited continuing education providers. And all of your CEs can come from this category. There's no restriction. Same thing for description one, or excuse me, category one, which is that college or university approved coursework. There's no restriction. So you could get all 32 hours in either category one, category two, or by splitting across those categories. The third category has a limit. You can have only 25% of your total hours of those 32 hours can come from what are considered non-authorized events. And again, 50 minutes equals one continuing education unit. The fourth category is if you are the provider, if you're the professor, if you're teaching that college or university course, or if you are the instructor, if you're the presenter, somebody who's delivering the information perhaps at a convention or a conference or some other gathering where you're offering a type two continuing education unit as the presenter, 50% of your um, hours for maintaining your certification can come from presenting it to others. Now, this is not doing things just like parent trainings or training for a pediatrician it is making sure that it meets the criteria, that it's got the learning objectives, that it's to advance, you know, that basic or beginning level of a behavior analyst. It's above and beyond the task list, and currently we are now at the fifth task list, which has been um, introduced or released, but fully goes into effect in the coming years in 2022. The fifth category is continuing education that are issued by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board directly. These might be if you're invited to help write um, exam questions or if you come there and you are part of a brainstorming session for helping to establish the registered behavior technician uh, credential in the field or if you're there to work on licensure and to collaborate with individuals and experts from other states. There's um, different kinds of opportunities. This could simply include completing a survey that has been sent to you and approved and is directly coming from the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. Now, the requirement in this area is the same as Category 3, only 25%, so a fourth of what you accrue for your continuing education hours can come from this category. That means that you cannot just take surveys from the Behavior Analyst Certification Board or participate in some of their subject matter expert kind of discussions, and you cannot just teach every, you know, lesson and call that your continuing education. This allows for people to definitely 
um, count those activities, but not have that be the sole area which is um, helping them establish and maintain their competence and credibility. Currently, in Category 6, you have the ability to take and pass the certification exam again. Now, many people do not wish to do that more than once. And for those of you like myself who are credentialed or certified at an earlier level, I was originally credentialed as a BCABA and then became a board-certified behavior analyst, meaning I took the exam two times. Unless that's your situation um, or you really enjoy test-taking, it's very challenging to take that exam again. And if you do not pass, and that, that doesn't mean that I think, you know, you passed once so you won't pass again. It's not that at all. But there are a lot of things that get factored in into what, what it takes to become a behavior analyst. And the, the examination is only one factor. If you became certified, for example, in 2005 and decided in 2019 that you were gonna take the exam, there is increased coursework and information that if for whatever reason you did not pass that examination, you would then need to um, kind of catch up with the evolution of the field and, and that might be problematic for some people. It doesn't also mean that I don't think people would pass the second time, but as I mentioned, things can come up with test taking. But you also want to consider the cost, the stress, the risks that you're putting in that, and also what amount of information and diversity are you getting from doing that. Um, maybe you're somebody who's fully immersed, you're doing tons of presentations, you're a professor, you're a university faculty, you're constantly eating, living, breathing behavior analysis. And if that's something that you choose to do, that's currently an option under Category 6 to take and pass the certification examination again. And I think the most recently introduced category is Category 7, which is the final category, which relates to scholarly activities, meaning that if you are a, um, a reviewer for a peer-reviewed publication or a journal, or if you are contributing to the research base and you are publishing or co-authoring a publication that is then in a peer-reviewed journal, you can get eight hours for publishing, for getting an article out there in these journals, and you can receive one hour of continuing education allotment or credits allotted for the efforts you spend in being an article reviewer. Now, for anyone who's done either of those tasks, you will realize that, that is, um, it takes many, many more hours than what you're getting credit for, but the Behavior Analyst Certification Board has more recently adopted these as activities that should be counting towards continuing education and may also serve as a motivator to have people who are entering the field, who are um, becoming the researchers, who are the, you know, the next wave of professors to really give them an additional incentive to be involved in scholarly activities, especially for students. There is a note that a maximum of 75% of your total required continuing education um, may come from categories three, four, five, and seven if they're combined, meaning the non-authorized events, the instruction of other events, um, anything that's issued directly from the board and doing scholarly activities. So that means at least 25% of your 32 hours in a two-year cycle must come from either attending approved college or university coursework that goes above and beyond the task list or by attending the authorized events from continuing education providers, the type two. 
passing the exam will meet all continuing education requirements currently, except for the additional supervision requirements. So you'd still be looking at taking those continuing education. In regard to ethics CEs, acceptable ethics content must be behavior analytic in nature. It must cover ethical issues in behavior analysis, practice, or research. The content should incorporate specifically the Behavior Analyst Certification Board's ethics requirements, and you want to make sure that there are sample ethics um, scenarios that are embedded and that you want to make sure that things are very appropriate, um, and you want to maybe consider things like the appropriateness or inappropriateness of implementing a non-behavior analytic therapy, um, some strategies for avoiding or managing dual relationships, right, or potential conflicts of interest, creating a culture of ethics within your organization, um, and another idea might be ethical implications of media or social media and technology. With regard to supervision continuing education, that is available for BCABAs, so assistant level behavior analysts, BCBAs, and board certified behavior analysts with a doctoral designation who wish to provide supervision to individuals who are pursuing certification or they are engaged in the ongoing practice. So that might be overseeing a BCABA if you're um, approved to do so, or the registered behavior technician, which is the direct support worker, often the one-to-one -one provider who's working directly with a client. Individuals must be um, you know, obtaining that three-year continuing education supervision uh, every cycle, and again, that's on top of that initial eight hours. A CE can be counted as either an ethics CE or supervision CE. Maybe it meets both, but it cannot be counted as both. So if you're doing one on the ethics of effective supervision and you need both ethics and supervision hours, you're going to want to make sure that you determine which category you're allocating those continuing education units into. Certificates are not encouraged to and are not allowed to repeat a continuing education event in order to obtain additional CEs. Because if you repeat an event, it does not provide you with new or any expanded knowledge. Again, for more information and to go directly to the source, you must bookmark and go to the Behavior Analyst Certification Board's website at www.bacb. This is my understanding and interpretation of the different categories which now qualify for continuing education units for people who are certified by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. But again, don't take my word for it. Go directly to the source and verify the information yourself, especially as this information is continually revised and updated. One last time, just want to be clear that nothing on this podcast episode or this podcast in general is endorsed by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. And if you're looking for more information about what they offer, you should go to www.bacb.com. Thanks so much for sticking around and joining me for that episode talking about the dry subject of continuing education. But it is helpful sometimes to hear things auditorily and not just read them or see them on in textual print on the website. Um, I thought it might be interesting to share with you, I just recertified. So in the last three or four days, my continuing education units went from 187 units in the last two cycles to zero. And it's quite jarring to see nothing. 
But what's interesting also is to take a look back at the last certification cycle and to see which category my events or most of my continuing education units came from. Again, you're looking to have 32 units, and you have to have a certain percentage and no more than a certain percentage in each section. But I kind of find when you have above and beyond, for me, it's very, um, I don't know, fun, reinforcing, uh, motivating to just enter all the continuing education units that I accrue. And because I have the great fortune of going to conferences and speaking at events, I have, and, and for traveling, I have the opportunity to accrue sometimes a great deal of, you know, CEs in one event, right? Like if you go to Babbitt, which is the Berkshire Association for Behavior Analysis and Therapy, you can get, you know, 12 CEs in that one event. Same thing if you're going to the Hawaii Association for Behavior Analysis or the HABA conference. And other conferences like FABA in Florida or Cal ABA in California or TexABA in Texas also offer dense amounts. The Autism Law Summit usually can get at least a handful of CEs there as well, so things like that. What I noted this time, this past certification cycle, so for me that was 2017 to March of 2019, I did not have any college or university courses that I was enrolled in or that I took during those two years, which makes sense because I'm in a practice and I'm working in um, now in Hawaii on Oahu and I have my doctorate as a behavior analyst. Um, in regard, with regard to the approved BACB events or the type two, which you can have 100% come from that category, I had a total of 71.5. And some of those were in larger increments. So I wasn't accruing them one hour at a time. It was like six hours, five hours, 11 hours, 10 hours. And there were a few single hour events as well. I did not have any non-approved events that I recorded um, interestingly enough, events that I presented or content or coursework that I presented totaled 104.5 hours. Now, remember that Category 4 has the restriction. You can only have a certain percentage come from that area. But again, I'm just totaling for you in a descriptive way what I had in each category. So needing 32 total, having 71.5 out of the second category, surpasses almost, you know, really kind of, it already doubles the expected amount. So I went ahead and counted all of the category four, which again totaled 104.5. I had two units for completing BACB approved events or completing a survey. I had zero for taking the exam because I did not retake my certification exam. And in that past certification window, I did have one publication and have reviewed several journal articles but I recorded two article um, review publications that I reviewed, um, peer-reviewed publications that I offered in addition to the one publication that occurred. So I had 10 hours in category seven of the BACB approved continuing education categories. So again, for me, it was 187 units. For you, you're only looking to get 32 per cycle for BCBAs and BCBADs, but I thought that might be interesting to just see where Behavior Babe spends her time and where and how I go about occurring my continuing education events in which category. One final last shout out to the Behavior Analyst Certification Board, which again, you can find information by going to www.bacb.com. And for anyone who's interested in learning more just about the practice and the science of applied behavior analysis, please join me at www.behaviorbabe.com. Mm -hmm.